Hello, Gems. Welcome to another episode of Tiaras in Tech. I'm your host, Shelly Benhoff, and today I'm talking to Maria Duarte, and she is the founder of Utility Junction, which is an app that helps real estate agents consolidate their utility bills. We talked about her journey in tech, being a leader, and her advice for aspiring tech entrepreneurs. Without further ado, on to the episode. Hi, Maria. Welcome to the show. I'm so, so glad you're here. Hi, Shelly. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's start right in and have you tell us your tech story. Awesome. Um, Something I love to talk about, right? So I'm uh, relatively uh, new to tech, but um, basically what I was working in for a really long time was in remote work. Um, So I started way before the pandemic hit and it was my dream to just work from anywhere. And that's probably my first initiation with um, being involved in tech because tech companies and tech jobs kind of allowed you to do that. Um, So we had a really great service for real estate investors going on back then. And while when COVID hit, we were uh, found without our biggest client. Uh, They were doing a lot of layoffs, unfortunately. And, you know, within that process, we got let go of as one of their vendors as well. Mm -hmm. And we uh, grouped around. It was a it was a really sad moment because we had to also lay off people from our company. But um, the, the people that was left, right, we grouped around and we said, well, what do we do now? And, you know, just kind of learning a little bit from history and just having, you know, also incredible leadership and visionary people. It was, well, let's, you know, it's time to reinvent ourselves. Let's go back to the drawing board. Let's see what we've learned. You know, this service that we've worked on for such a long time, uh, what was it missing? And it was missing technology. And that's how I became a co-founder and I became a tech entrepreneur. And we started to build a dashboard to help uh, real estate companies uh, with their utility management. So that was another fun part, right? Looking at electricity, water, gas, bills. Um, And we found so much opportunity within that industry. And that was uh, my start within NetTech. That's awesome. I love when people solve a problem because the solution doesn't exist. You know, that is really the most important um, approach, I think, to um, being a tech founder, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, Tell us more um, (laughs) about your platform slash app yeah, so it's basically a web platform. Um, we do have some beta versions on both Apple Store and Google Store, but those are really still need a lot of work to be done. But on the web platform side of things, so what we were noticing is within the service that we were already providing to real estate investing companies, they were having to navigate multiple service provider portals to get all of their utility bills paid for the homes that they owned. So the first part is putting it all under one umbrella. So there's a dashboard where you can go and see all your bills without having to navigate on all these. I mean, imagine you have five bills, right? You've got five different providers. So you've got these five open tabs. Um, And if you multiply that by 100 properties, that's a lot of work you got to do. So the first part is consolidation. The second part was late fees. So many of these bills do not get paid on time. 
and not just paying the late fee, but then also the service can get shut down. And that causes a lot of disruption within the operations of these companies. So making sure the bill is paid on time. So there are these incredible reminders that go out um, three days before the due date, on the due date, one day after the due date. The goal is you don't pay a late fee because for us as consumers, we'll say, well, you know, it's just five bucks. It's just 10 bucks. But again, if you have a portfolio of 1,000 properties, 2,000 properties, these are added costs, right? So that's the second part, ensuring that the bill is paid on time. It's done through reminders, through a very easy to use dashboard. Um, you know, if it's nugging you too much, just say, I paid it already, because that's the point. Go in and make sure the bill is paid. And then making sure that um, that bill um, gets paid, right? So it's, it's paid on time, it's there, and that you can look at the usage and find opportunities. Eventually, the dashboard's going to learn when the consumption is too high. Um, then it's going to alert you of something that's going on unless it's seasonal, right? So alert, these are the winter months, the summer months. So just bringing a little bit of analytics and education into our utility bills as well. I love that. Yeah. I can tell you um, as a person in Florida, you know, um, I live in a place where maybe half <laughs> of the um, homes are residents. The other half are properties <laughs> that are like rented out a whole lot. So I'm surrounded by real estate people who could really use something like this to um, consolidate all their bills and save time on just, you know, number crunching and all of that stuff. So yeah, that's really interesting. I don't think I said the name of your app. It's um, you, <laughs> Utility Junction, right? Correct. Yes. Utilityjunction.com. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So we already kind of talked about um, what problems it solves. Um, can you, I was, I was really excited to see a um, app on Alexa specifically. I don't think that I've ever had anybody that created an app specifically for that. And I've like tooled around with it, but tell us, you know, about that whole process. How can people use this app on um, actually each uh, platform, each OS um in general. Yeah, yeah, that was super exciting when we saw an, an Alexa feature build. Um, again, it's still in a beta mode. It's something we're trying out. But when sometimes when you get a property address, there's no way to find out who the utility service provider is. So the idea of building this is just to make it as easy as saying, Alexa, who is the electric provider at 14365? That's cool. That is is such time saving because many of our customers come to us and that's one of the questions. Are you going to tell us who the service provider is or do we have to research and find out who it is, right? Because then you'll get into situations where, well, the sewage is provided by the city, but the water is actually a private company. And so many scenarios across the country that it is time consuming for many, many companies. So um, that's the objective of that Alexa skill. Um, it's currently active on, on the store. But again, we're still in testing mode. 
and it comes to alleviate that situation, right? It can't be that hard. I mean, the information is already there on the internet, mm-hmm. but, you know, having a person, a human being able to, you know, deep dive into and find out who the providers are at a certain address um, is something that technology can definitely come and alleviate and make it a easier and faster task for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, a, a lot of people struggle because sometimes like there are multiple providers like for um, uh, internet, especially Mm -hmm. like it just, (laughs) there are choices, but then for electric and water um it's it's usually like set in stone there's one (laughs) provider for that yeah and i've moved quite a bit so i've gone through that process of trying to find the person and then calling and setting up an account and all of that stuff it would be really nice actually for me as a homeowner to consolidate all that stuff as well just saying, you know, in the future, maybe so, uh, yeah, expand our- that um, elsewhere. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I know how um, extremely stressful it is to launch a company. Um, so I was just interested to hear, you know, what was your experience with being a tech entrepreneur and having to launch an actual company? Well, it was a very challenging one. Um, It was the first time I, you know, got on this road of entrepreneurship. Luckily, I wasn't alone because my co-founders did have some um, entrepreneurial experience and, and vision and spirit, right? That's very helpful. But um, it's been the most rewarding thing I've done. Because I learned that it's not about the challenges you're facing, which are many, right? There's there's cash flow issues, there's the technology, there's payroll, there's staffing, there's so many things going on, um, and so many, and you're like on a learning curve every single day, right? Just when you think you got it, something else changes. So it's very dynamic. Uh, but what really helped me was just making peace with it's about the journey. And it's about the person you become as a result of everything you're going through and all the obstacles um, you're overcoming. And the biggest part has also been surrounding yourself with people, uh, with people that support you, people that listen to you, and people that are going through the same thing as you are. So one of the things that has helped me the most in the journey is understanding you don't have to do it alone, which was really hard for me because I'm a you know, type A overachiever, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, right. And then being able to say, okay, no, you don't got this. You need help. And, and why are you doing it alone anyways? You know, it's much more fun to do it with other people. And the way I've been, been able to grow out of this experience, and I still am today, right? Because today I have new challenges. I don't have the same ones that when I started, um, it's just been, you know, very rewarding, and I, I feel great about the person I'm becoming, the person that I continue to grow, and all the people I get to meet. I mean, when you just kind of open your world to entrepreneurship, it, it's like everything goes upside down. All these beliefs you had, you know, they disappear, and you adopt new ones and and habits that are new as well that help you grow. 
and the people you meet along the way is just very, very fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's incredibly hard to do, I mean, anything alone. And it's, it's important to have, you know, either a team or mentors who are going through or have gone through and are on the other side of, you know, the struggles here. I was, um, you know, uh, earlier, um, talking through, like, I, I have many issues, right? I think that people, um, kind of assume that I'm successful and it's, it's easier or something like that. But I mean, right now there's cash flow issues. That's like the main, um, one, and I can't really afford a whole staff anymore. So I had to let people go. And that was awful, right? And so people need to understand this is all a process. And I really, really like, I love what you said about the person you're um, becoming as well, because it does change you, entrepreneurship. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know, it's like, empowering and mm -hmm. at the same time so scary right <laughs> it's it's hard and yeah i i really respect anybody who takes that chance on themselves a lot so congratulations yeah. thank you congratulations to you too <laughs> oh thank you so much like currently I really don't feel like I, you know, deserve congratulations. But again, that's all like part of the whole imposter syndrome thing that happens to me a lot, um, especially. But you just have to push through, I think. Yeah. Um, so we talked about launching your company earlier um, pre, you know, podcast um in um your overall experience has kind of changed you've had to pivot right so um tell us like that whole process and um <laughs> how that is currently for you yeah, pivot seems to be our favorite word on yeah. entrepreneurship. Uh, we're always hearing about someone rebranding or doing something different. And uh, just like you said, a little bit about imposter syndrome, right? So um, I guess there's there's that part since being an entrepreneur is so dynamic, right? Where you think, what else can I do? Or how else can I, um, you know, get through this cash flow issue? Sometimes we're faced where the next stage of developing our companies especially when it's, you know, software and programming, we're going to need some capital, right? Or we need to hire certain people. We need to hire people to help us with marketing or somebody to help us develop our brand online. So many ideas that we have that require resources. So 
I've recently been experimenting with consulting. Uh, I've been an operations manager for a really, really long time in different sort of industries, mostly in services. And I was feeling like, hmm, what kind of consulting can I do? I'm not a consultant. Those are like the big firm people with, you know, those men with the suits and the ties. Those are consultants. Um, and then just, you know, surrounding again yourself with the right people which are, you know, telling you, of course you could do it. Of course you can become a consultant. You're good at this and you do this. And, and, and that, you know, one thing led to another. And that's something that I've been kind of recently experimenting with and moving on to help, you know, other founders in, in their tech startups and seeing how, you know, I can contribute with my knowledge, the things I've done before and, you know, kind of, you know, joining forces together and, you know, let's push forward for this company at this time. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I've been um, moving on towards lately and experimenting. And again, it's a whole new stage of things. It's a different, you know, skill set. And again, the person that I'm becoming is what I'm most satisfied with, you know, overcoming this. You don't, of course, you're an expert, you know how to do something, you know, it's not just having, um, it's breaking those beliefs, those paradigms that we have that go with certain job title and say, no, I'm not there yet. And say, no, well, you got to start somewhere, right? Everybody, the experts started on day one as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there are so many um, consultants and some are great, you know, and some are sort of snake oil type people that promise you leads and all of this. And as you can tell, like I have a little issue with that because I was taken in with that. And it's um, really hard to find people you trust. And then also people who will champion you, um, especially as women, uh, we have a tendency to just be really hard on ourselves, right? And not believe in ourselves. And that's like the number one issue um, of, of how uh, tech companies who are led, you know, um, by women have issues um, because we really need that support and advice for us not advice for men. I think that that is the main thing because whatever works for men is likely to not work for us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a struggle that I am very uh, familiar with, I would say. Um, let me ask you as a, um, a person who is a entrepreneur tech, tech entrepreneur, especially what was your experience, um, specifically as a woman trying to launch an actual company and, and get that cash flow, especially, um, I'm just personally interested in finding out that. 
Well, that was a really hard question. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, because because we're all we're always dealing with them in certain different stages, right? Um, yeah. But I'm going to tell you, as a woman, I've always felt that I work ten times harder yeah. than my peer men. Like they're just there, you know, saying something, and it's like, oh, what a great idea, you know. Kevin came up with them, like. I've been saying that for a while, you know, and I, having my voice heard um, has definitely been something that has been a challenge. And I've done it, you know, very frightened many times, but I've, you know, spoken up with a shaky voice and just making sure that, you know, you do it over and over again until you become comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. um, I've even had situations where we go on calls with vendors and the vendors will completely ignore me. They'll just talk to my uh, male peers, even though I'm the one making the decision, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it was very, very surprising that that still happens today. Um, that's something that, you know, really blew me off, obviously made me uncomfortable. But then again, it's about the person we're becoming and how we're learning to deal with these things. And there's not really much that could be done about it. So just, you know, straightening your crown and saying, okay, I got this, you know, I can do this. Um, and just, you know, building that confidence and, and being able to, to just continue showing up. I think the, the worst part is, um, leaving the table. So just continue to show up and build that confidence. Um, and the cash flow is the thing that it's, uh, it's, you know, it's always an issue, but I think being creative, um, looking for supportive channels. And um, yeah, I, th I think there's there's a lot of knowledge on people that know how to how to raise capital or how to find certain type of like micro loans. I think most recently I found myself reaching out to um, resources at the university and at the county level hmm. that they can, you know, kind of help demystify, I'm going to say the whole financial and lending part of things. So that's been really helpful for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I think for most people, um, the idea of a real job, you know, um, is more, uh, it's comfortable, right. And it's quote stable, and the leap to entrepreneurship where you're really in charge of earning the money, like really earning the money um, and paying yourself, deciding how much to pay yourself, you know, and if you can pay yourself, that one's the really hard part for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Let's talk about your consulting, actually, because that's also really, really interesting and amazing to um, just change over and pivot, as you said. Um, how do you find clients? That's actually something that I struggle a lot with. Well, that's one of the things uh, one of my coaches once said, you know. He said, you could, uh, you have this great idea, awesome. You can pivot into something else I was exploring. said, you can have somebody build it for you. Oh, that's great. But how are you going to find clients? How are you going to, you know, because you need to prove your concept. Um, I think in consulting, it, it, it comes a lot with credibility mm -hmm. and reputation, and it falls all on you. It's not like, oh, hey, I have this great idea on how to solve this market's problem, right? 
it's really more about selling ourselves. But um, I've been able to, I think, uh, connect genuinely with people through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been my number one source. Um, And then just networking, referrals, um, being involved with the community, uh, being open to meeting new people. Um, And I don't, and I've been trying to learn a little bit more about also, you know, the, the, I would say like the, the real effect of networking. It's not about collecting business cards or how many people can I go and and meet on this specific event. Um, The recent events I've been to, I've been really focused on connecting with one or two people and really getting to know them. You know, what are they looking for? How and bringing in that mindset of how do I help? I think as entrepreneurs, we're not just in it for the money. Because it's very hard and it's so much easier, like you said, just go get a job. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you stressing over, you know, cash flow and payroll and do I pay myself or not? The salary is right there. It's in a company. It's very easy for any of us to get it. Um, we're more thinking about how do we help and how do we add value to somebody else's life? So when we're thinking about that meeting, and I think people can perceive that from you. Um, you mentioned early, like the consultants that will pro- overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah. Um, that I think that just comes out very quickly, um, and it's not you know it, it doesn't get you too far ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the um, important part to remember is to build relationships with people. Like you said, you can't just collect business cards and expect clients, you know, you have to have, um, trust overall and people, uh, take a long time to form that trust. And it's like, you wouldn't walk up to a client or anyone obviously, and hand them a ring, a wedding ring and ask them to marry you. Like, and you just met, you know, like you have to build a relationship and trust and um, companionship, right? And uh, mentoring as well. Yeah. So um, let's talk about leadership. I think that this is a skill that a lot of people struggle with. It It's why I teach it, honestly, because I, I also struggled with it. And there are many approaches to leadership. Um, talk about, you know, how um, did you learn these skills and approach? Well, I'm going to go with the theory that leadership is, is not born. Um, it's created. I, I definitely wasn't born this way. But um, the only thing that I felt different between me and everybody else that I've, as I've grown up that I've seen is I've been a bookworm since I can remember. Um, like my idea of a very fun, fun weekend or a Saturday morning was that my parents would drop me off at the age of eight, seven years old at the library. Yes. That, that was so much fun for me. And it's the day today I walk into a Barnes and Noble and I feel so much peace. It's like my happy place to be. Um, so I'm definitely a nerd in that sense, right? And a lot of what I've learned is through books. And I'm a big fan of leadership books, of you know, many people that have um, you know, preached with the way that they do business um, and, and how they brought so many elements like 
um, kindness, like being soft-spoken, which are very, like are traits that are very um, natural to women. But the business place is very, was like, at least when I started working, I felt it was very, well, it's probably still is, but very male dominated. And, you know, you can't show weakness, you can't show kindness, or all these things that I was being me were coming across as a weak person. And I even had someone from human resources once call me in and say, you're never going to be a leader because you're too weak. You smile too much. Um, your, your voice breaks up sometimes when you're presenting. And I was like, thank you for your feedback. <laughs> and I never heard from that person again. And, and we're in very different roles today. Um, I refused to accept that. And I only did it because I read my way through it, right? And learning from other people what they were doing and how were they um, accepting that kindness can be part of the workplace. So I like to think of myself from, well, definitely not there today because we never stop learning and growing, but as a servant leader, that's where I see myself going. I, I work for the people that are, you know, wanting to be part of something with me. And I think that's kind of what I've been, uh, maybe preaching for the last couple of years is, would you come on this ride with me? Um, I don't have the answers. I don't know what's going to happen, but I can promise you we're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to work together. And I love seeing people grow. It just, you know, it fills my heart. It fills my life with meaning seeing leaders. And if somebody became a leader because of my presence somewhere else, that just means the world to me. I don't want to be you know, have followers. I don't, I'm not some kind of preacher. Um, I want to see people grow and I want to see people become their best version. And if I had something to do with that, even just like a tiny bit, wow. I love that so much. First of all, that HR person sucks. And I'm really sorry <laughs> that happened to you. That is awful. Um, for, for someone to say that to your face, that that's messed up. But then for you to sort of see that as a challenge, you know, that's tenacity. <laughs> and I love that. And um, like, overall, the whole, um, he, like, nerd approach where <laughs> you're home and you're just quietly reading and all of that. That's also what I love <laughs> to do. Um, as a kid, my parents would limit how many books I could get from the library <laughs> at one time, but then I would read them so quickly that I would have to go back to the library, right? <laughs> so um, that's that's so funny. I, I always find the strangest things that I have in common with people that come on the show. So like random, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So let's uh, pivot a little bit to uh, self-care. This is something that a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, just you end up working seven days a week. A lot of the time, how do you find time to take care of yourself. 
Yeah, isn't it great when people say, oh, I don't want to have a boss anymore. I'm going to go work for myself. Yeah. It's like, sure, it's never going to end, you know, when the responsibility is on your shoulders 100%. Um, so, yeah, definitely, I don't think you find time. I think you make time. Mm -hmm. You have to be intentional about it. And there's no perfect formula to it. I've, uh, again, through the books, <laughs> through reading, have tried so many things. Uh, but what has worked for me today is a few things. So first it's starting small. I would just want to have the whole, you know, wellness retreat on an island by myself for a full week. Well, that can happen, right? But that's like a lifetime event. It's not mm -hmm. something you can do every day. So scheduling these small moments in your day where you're mindful of, you don't even need to be, you know, like a monk trying to meditate for for an hour or two. It's just, you know, you're making your coffee and you're being super mindful about it. Um, those little moments um, that really helped me starting small, very, very small, even if I can do more because I'm always, oh, I'm going to go all in with this. I did that with workouts as well, right? Mm. I'm going to go six days a week yeah. to the gym. It's, you know, that lasts two to three weeks. Then I change and said, I'm going to go twice. That's it. That's all I'm going to do. And when I get there, I'm only going to do 20 minutes. And I wanted to do the full hour, but I stopped and came back home. Yeah. The other is the all or nothing mentality. Mm -hmm. So I, um, you know, I wasn't able to get in my workout for the two times that I said I was going to do, you know, might as well stop going. No, just pick it up again. So those are the things that have been really helpful for me, but definitely making time for it and schedule it until it becomes a habit and it's part of you. And then you need to make, you know, the peace with saying okay, this is making me better at what I do. Taking some downtime, taking care of myself. You know, I'm serving what I have and what I pour into myself. But if I'm so stressed out that I'm going to, you know, react wrong to somebody, it could be a client, it could be someone on the staff, it could be someone at the supermarket, someone you run into traffic. What, what am I really doing, right? I need to come first. Yeah. That is such good advice. You have no idea how much I needed to hear that today. The all or nothing mentality is me. That is what I do. Like, and it's, it's not good because you can't just quit. If one thing goes wrong, one thing, you know, is out of place or off schedule, right? It's so important to not think that way. This is something I'll definitely talk to my therapist about later. <laughs> so thank you very much for that um, advice. And speaking of advice, what advice would you have for anyone who wants to be a tech entrepreneur? Wow, I'm going to go with uh, the Nike slogan. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it. Um, I, I like to, right now I consume a lot of content on social media. I'm trying to become a creator, but right now I'm still on the consumer side of things. And I keep seeing on, uh, you know, on social media, all this great advice on people uh, asking like, how do I start? How do I do this? You know, how do I start becoming a creator? How do I become an entrepreneur? How do I lose weight? So many questions and everyone's unanimous advice is just do it just start, just do something. And that's where I think it finally hit me when I was telling you about self-care, just start small because, you know, the type A achiever in me 
wants to go all the way, all in and get, you know, until a point where it's almost a burnout and that wasn't leading to anything sustainable. So just do it. Just, just start with something. Is it, is it an idea? Well, start researching your idea, search for a competitor. Is it something out there already that works? Or I think some of us sometimes, and and I've heard people tell me this, oh, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm like, of course you are. We all are. We all have it in us. You, you, You just have this idea of entrepreneurs are Steve Jobs, right? Or entrepreneurs are these big models. They are, absolutely, you know. There's so much inspiration to all of us. But can you just think of a service you have right now that you can improve it by one thing or two things? Um, or, you know, where they call like a boring business. What if you add a little bit of technology into that? What if there's an app to make appointments easier to get your hair covered? Just very, very little things like that. We all have so many ideas. You just got to act on them. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you brought up research your competitors. This is what a, a lot of people uh, skip. But you need to see what your competitors are up to and then improve upon that, <laughs> be better <laughs> than what they are, or different as well, right? Because um, there is a lot of competition, especially in tech, especially in startups. And like, I've worked for so many startups that either failed completely, or that I couldn't believe was making any money right? Because they would always pay me late or or something and, and management was just a disaster. It was like herding cats, you know? <laughs> like these people were just, they were clueless about having employees and leading people. So again, why I teach leadership, <laughs> because I've been through a lot of that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So this is always the saddest part of every episode, the end. Um, Thank you so much for all of your advice. Like I said, I really needed to hear a lot of this today. So thank you. But before I let you go, can you tell people um, where to (laughs) connect online um, (laughs) with you? Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Shelly. I love how this whole tiara and tech concept that you have, although I've been struggling with my tiara to keep it safe. Uh, but uh, LinkedIn, for sure, you can find me there or just email me. Uh, today I'm using Maria at StellarGroupSolutions.com. That's awesome. Yeah, and I will have links to all of that in the show notes slash description. Maria, again, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you, Shelly. If you want to support us, please like, subscribe, and share this episode with your fellow gems. Let me know in the comments what other topics you would like me to cover and follow TRs in Tech on social media and use the hashtag MakeYourselfShine. Thanks for watching or listening and have a great day.